You're listening to Priceless Beauties Podcast. Hey beautiful, Pamela Price here, makeup and spray tan artist, educator and owner of Priceless Beauty Studio, an international award-winning beauty business. But more importantly, I will be your host and cheerleader on this journey of self-love, self-awareness, and growth. Life didn't come with an instruction manual, and entrepreneurship can be a lonely and scary road at times. I am personally inviting you to join me on this brave adventure together while I chat with women just like you who open up and share their secrets about their business, their inspiration, and their stories. When we empower one another, great things happen. All right, babe, thanks so much for pressing play. Hello, welcome, welcome. This is Pamela Price, and I wanted to start off this podcast by simply giving you a little bit of background about my life and my story, my entrepreneurship journey, some of the sort of obstacles and roadblocks and learning lessons that I've gone through. Um, I'm going to take you way back. (laughs) And this episode is a perfect example of the way life kind of rolls out. So we often have, you know, ideas and plans and we have goals and we imagine in our minds that it's going to go in a certain way. So we're going to, if we imagine it like a road trip, for example, we have a destination in mind um, and we think we're going to follow this, you know, the GPS. But what happens is detours come up along the way. (laughs) So this episode is a bit of a detour because I wasn't planning to do many or any solo episodes. However, how life, you know, comes at you is sometimes things don't work out as planned. And the first three episodes that I've recorded that I hosted, the audio got janky on two of them. And I am determined to get this podcast launched no matter what. And to be honest, all of my self-doubt and fears started popping into my head. Like, I don't know, what would I say on a solo episode? Will I get nervous? Will I stumble my words? All of the things that prevented me from starting this podcast years ago started creeping in on me. And then I woke up this morning at 5 a.m., an hour before my alarm, and I just started thinking (laughs) that I should get on here and share a little bit about myself so that you guys know who I am and so this damn podcast gets launched when it's supposed to. (laughs) So here I am. I am coming to you with really no game plan about what exactly I'm going to share, but whatever flows out naturally and hopefully it reaches you guys and resonates with you and helps you to understand a little bit about who I am, why I'm even here, why I started this podcast and sort of some things that I've learned that I hope are going to help you. (laughs) So let's go way back. I want to share with you how I got started Um, in the beauty industry. So if you're just listening to this for the first time and you haven't, you know, you're not already following me on social media, you don't know what I'm about. I am a makeup artist, a spray tan artist. I also um, am a trainer. So I teach people how to start and grow their sunless beauty businesses. Um, I am a trainer with spray tan class. 
And as well, I have my own beauty studio. I have a team of amazing uh, makeup and hairstylists that I work with for weddings. And now I am hosting this podcast. So I have my hands in a lot of pots. Um, I also distribute beauty supplies and spray tan equipment. So that's something we can chat about on another episode, all of the different things um, as entrepreneurs we you know, venture into and we try our hand in in order to really find out where our passion is and what we love to do and what's going to make us money and fulfill us. So that's a little um, snippet of what I'm doing now. But if we want to start back when I was a child, um, I always knew that I loved art. I received an art book from my aunt. I don't know how young I was. I was in elementary school. I was probably like seven or eight years old. And I started sketching. I started drawing. And I loved drawing woman's silhouette. I loved drawing faces and eyes. And that just was very interesting to me. And it really was fun. And I was pretty good at it, or at least I thought I was good at it. It was something that fulfilled me. Even as a kid, I enjoyed doing it. And throughout my school years, um, I really excelled in my art classes and my art programs as well. Like all the way through high school, I took every single art related course that I possibly could because those were the classes that I really felt like my best version of myself. And I didn't know that when I was a kid. I just liked to do it or when I was a teenager and I got good grades in that. So I was like, okay, this feels right. And then it's time for us to make a decision and, you know, go to college. So I didn't really have um, parents that were like, oh, you know, you need to go to medical school or you need to be a lawyer or you need to go to university. Actually, I moved out when I was 16 and was living with my boyfriend at the time. So I really had no parental direction on what the hell I should be doing with my life. Um, I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing, but basically I just did what I wanted. And what I wanted to, was to do something artistic. And so I applied at Sheridan College, which was um, primarily like a really well-known school for art. And um, I actually got accepted into the fine art program. And during their tour of the third year graduates, there was an art show. And I was just so blown away by how amazing these students' art was that that fear crept in and self-doubt crept in. And I just said to myself, I'm not good enough for this. I can't do this. I couldn't produce this. My artwork doesn't look like this. And I mean, looking back now, I know like you don't start as an expert, <laughs> right? Like you're never going to be that good right away. Like how would you even know unless you try? And it was a three-year program. So like you're going to learn a lot in those three years, but those thoughts didn't cross my mind. The only thought that crossed my mind was I'm not good enough. So I didn't go. I just did not go to school. I didn't go to college that year and I took a year off and I don't know what I did. I was just working random jobs as a waitress, retail, whatever. I was working at a coffee shop at one time and obviously none of that was fulfilling me, but I I just couldn't do it. I just didn't think I had it in me to do it, which only years later I can recognize that that voice in my head that told me that I wasn't good enough was bullshit. <laughs> you know, if I was to tell my past self, I would say that you could do it. 
because, or at least try. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen if you try, right? So anyways, moving on, I did not go to that program. I took a year off and then I went to Humber College and I decided to take a craft art program. And this was way before like makers were cool. <laughs> craft art? Like, are you kidding me? That's a thing? That's a program that you paid for? Yes, it was. So um, I decided to uh, major in glass blowing and textiles. <laughs> but picture this for all my Elle Woods fans. Picture me showing up to a glass blowing program in high heels, a mini skirt, a tank top. Like I'm ready to go clubbing and I'm like showing up to a kiln that goes, I don't know how many thousands of degrees, you know, hot in Fahrenheit and it, girl, I was in the wrong place. <laughs> I did complete a year of the program, but it was just not my jam. I, I knew I wanted to do something with my hands. I knew I wanted to do something creative, artistic, and I was really just playing with different mediums until I discovered what that medium was going to be in. I didn't know it was going to be woman quite yet. So I dropped out of that program and I decided I would, you know, try fashion because I had an uncle who's a fashion designer and I thought, hey, let's try fashion. <laughs> I did take a fashion arts program, which was more of the businessy side because I actually discovered in my textiles program that I sucked and hated sewing. So I didn't want to actually make the clothing, but I knew I wanted to do something maybe in the fashion industry. Um, and so when I headed into that course, into that program, those were my people, the girls. <laughs> I met so many amazing women and I just felt way more aligned. And I just loved that program. And it had so many different facets. Like it was such a diverse program in regards to the different topics that we covered. So we covered event planning, um, buying, we covered so many different things. And one of them was cosmetics. And as soon as I got into the actual makeup, like the hands-on makeup part of the cosmetic program, I was like, my heart was like, ignited again. I was like, oh my gosh, this is something that's really lighting me up. So I naturally sort of excelled at the makeup portion. And I don't know if it's because, again, I don't know if it was in my head or whatever the case is, but it didn't matter. I thought I was good. And so I started doing it. And, you know, that was the key. That's the trick. Like, it doesn't matter if you're really good or not. Honestly, when I look back at some of my um, photos. I, we moved recently and I pulled out one of my boxes that had my like my printed out portfolio. So back in the day, like we would print out our pictures and have like a hard portfolio that we would have our work in. They were pretty bad. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but back then it was bringing me joy and it was exciting and it was new and I got to do something artistic and creative and hang out with women. And that was awesome. Um, I loved that program. I graduated with honors. So, you know, when you're excelling and things seem easier, it's most likely an indicator that you're on the right track. So I graduated that program um, back in 2006 and then I knew I did travel for a while. And then when I got back from traveling, I decided I wanted to work at Mac. 
And I didn't get a job there right away. I was working for another um, cosmetic company, I should say, in the mall. And um, I wasn't very happy there, but they were giving me regular hours. And I did get to do some makeup, but I knew deep and down, deep down inside that this wasn't for me. Um, I knew I had to be a Mac girl. I was like, I am a Mac girl. <laughs> and so I applied, I applied, I applied for like, I think it was at least a year until I finally got an interview and I finally um, got an opportunity. So I quit my full-time job at the other company to work for Mac for only three weeks. <laughs> I literally got a three-week contract and most sane people would say, Pam, you are you crazy? Have you lost your mind? You're going to leave your full-time job in the industry that you know you went to school for to work somewhere for three weeks. I'm like, hell yeah, I am. <laughs> and you know, after that three weeks, unfortunately, I did not have a job there anymore. But that got my foot in the door and that got me excited. And I was able to get back into Mac not too long, I think maybe three months after again in another contract, but it was a little bit longer. So that was, yeah, that was a big stepping stone for me because I, for so long, I wanted to work there and I learned so, so, so much working there. And I met so many people, some of them whom I'm still in contact with. Some of them are girls on my team. So it was definitely a good choice um, and I would highly recommend, you know, working in retail for a brand that you really like. Um, if you're looking to, you know, enhance your skills, um, work on your customer service and just build your confidence and you'll learn, you'll learn from other people. I learned more working for Mac in terms of my skills than I did going to school. <laughs> so that was really great for me. But over time um, and along the way, I had two babies and over time, I just felt like retail was not doing it for me anymore. The schedule. Okay, I'll tell you a story. The moment I decided that this wasn't for me was when I couldn't get my son's birthday off. And I had like a mental breakdown. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I cried in my boss's office. Like I couldn't understand why they wouldn't give me the day off. Like I just didn't get it. I, I couldn't comprehend. I couldn't wrap my head around this. I was like, just give somebody else the shift. Like it's not a big deal. You know, I just didn't think that it was that important. I knew that to me in my heart of hearts, I knew that being able to have that flexibility was way more important to me than working at this job. So basically after that, I kind of checked out. I'm not going to lie. I didn't really move up in the company. Um, I was very focused on building my own brand and my own business, my own bridal um, beauty services and basically just working for myself and making my own money. And when I realized that I can make the same amount of money in like three or four hours doing a wedding, then I could in sometimes a week working at Mag around in the like shittiest schedule ever, I was like, whoa, I need to make a change. <laughs> and throughout this time, I was also teaching at, at different beauty schools. Um, and so I was just doing a lot of different things all in my industry and they were all learning experiences for me, but I knew that I wanted to be in business for myself. So, um, what had happened was this is one of those things where life could have went one of two ways. Um, 
it was. So you could say problem or a setback. And I like to always think of these situations as obstacles, as more like opportunities and learning lessons. And um, we had bought a new house, my husband and I, and we have our two kids. And I was conducting the services from my little home studio in my basement, um, you know, doing my wedding trials and also my spray tanning from my basement. And then I wasn't extremely busy because I was still working these other two jobs, but I, I did have clients coming and my neighbors complained because I was in a townhouse community and technically I'm not supposed to be operating a business from my house. And um, word got out and basically the property management had called me and sent me a couple notifications and then it got official saying that basically legal action was going to take place and that they would be, you know, fining me basically out of our maintenance fee, la, 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 la. Okay. <laughs> so at this point, I'm like, all right, so I could go backwards and only offer mobile services and have to pick up more, not take on as many clients and pick up more hours, get back to Mac or be more committed to my teaching job. Not that I wasn't committed, but, you know, <laughs> I, I just felt like it was a step backwards for me. And so husband and I was like, look, I think this is time for me to like make this jump. I think I want to open my own studio. And he was like, okay, <laughs> I don't know how we're going to do this. Um, I'll be talking about my uncle a lot, Uncle Al. I had a phone conversation with him and he's kind of my mentor and he's just like, just do it. <laughs> and so I started looking for locations and a girlfriend of mine who happened to be looking for space um, and I connected and we decided we were going to kind of go in on this together. I was going to open it and do the renos and she would rent a room for me. And that just gave me a little peace of mind knowing that I had some additional like financial support and just like another person to do this with because I had no idea what the hell I was doing. <laughs> and so, yeah, that happened. Um, I found out in the summer, maybe June, July. And then they told me I had three months basically to get my business out of the house or else. So I got the space in August. We renovated in September. I opened in October. That was 2017. So, oh my gosh, I let my, uh, at this point I basically wasn't working at Mac. Like I <laughs> wasn't showing up to my shifts. I wasn't getting even called in to do shifts. Um, I think I just checked out like a long time before that. And, you know, so that wasn't really, I didn't even tell them that I was doing this. And then the school, I did let them know what I was doing. And unfortunately they, not unfortunately at the time I thought I was a little upset, but they thought it was a conflict of interest and they basically told me not to come back. So I was a little frustrated about that, but you know, these things, again, looking back happen for a reason. And it honestly forced me to, I didn't even jump. I just got, I feel like I just got pushed. <laughs> like I had no choice at this point. Like I had to make this work. So I just went full force. I even stopped taking freelance from other companies, doing anything basically outside of my business, Priceless Beauty. I was going to be 100% committed to growing this business and focusing only on this business. So I was, uh, my business year, I say started in October because that's when I officially opened. So 
And um, I remember doing my financial forecast. I took some courses at a business advisory center. They're amazing. If you are in Durham region and you're listening to this, check out the BACD, plug them because they're amazing. Um, I'll put that in the show notes, (laughs) but I'm sure there might be something resources like that in your area, depending on where you live. Anyways, so I did a financial forecast and I remember, you know, crunching the numbers and trying to determine how much my business would make. And for this, I'm embarrassingly, like I never, like I was in basically the poverty line, like doing, you know, working all these, you know, jobs that are supposed to be fantastic. Like I was the head of the makeup department. I worked for, you know, a big brand makeup company and I was not making very much money. And I remember doing the forecast and putting the numbers down and it was kind of like a joke. I was like, I wrote the numbers down. It was over six figures. And I was like, oh my God, that's such a big number. Like, there's no way. Like, I I didn't believe that it was possible for me to make that much money. And lo and behold, um, I did not hit six figures my first year, but I was very close. And um, the second year I I did. So, (laughs) I mean, just to show... Like you never know what you can do until you actually try to do it, right? So that was, and even when I got the numbers, like when I did my bookkeeping or whatever, I I, th- I was like, oh, this must be a mistake. <laughs> I'm like, how did this happen? You know, and obviously in the first few years of business, you have a lot of expenses. So I didn't personally receive all that money, but it was just amazing to realize like, what was stopping me before? Why didn't I do this before? And so then the next year is COVID. So um, that really obviously changed my business a lot because I do special event beauty services and that had like a big impact on my business. And I decided not to um, resign my lease at that time because my landlord's proposal for the rate was, in my opinion, not worth the space. And so I was going to move into Toronto and I found a location and I fa- and I was going to partner up with the hairstylist and you know something just told me like not to do this right now because it was like just the early on stages of COVID and we'd been locked down for you know a couple months at this point and I just felt like mm, I'm not too sure. And it wasn't because I was scared or anything like that. I think I kind of got over you know, I'm ready to do shit scared basically at this point, but it just didn't feel right. So we decided to um, purchase a new home that would allow me to operate from my home. And that's currently where I am at the moment. And I'm actually really grateful for doing that because I've been able to pivot into other aspects of the beauty industry, such as I had mentioned just earlier on, um, distributing beauty supplies, which is something I never did before. So now I have e-commerce well as teaching uh, online as well. So I did create a makeup course during the lockdown and um, spray tan class. We have online courses that we're able to teach via Zoom and whatnot. So I definitely learned and this podcast got started through this pandemic. So it's forced me to step outside my comfort zone in new and different ways that I know are going to help me not only as a person, but hopefully help other people as well. Yeah, so those are some of some of my learning experiences through through COVID, but we're still in there and we're still growing and we're still going. So that kind of brings us to basically today. Um, and I wanted to just kind of circle back around to share a couple of pieces of like key learning experiences and, and few pieces of 
um, kind of like insight and just inspiration for you because I don't know where you're at and not sure what business you're in, but if you're listening, I want to encourage you that um, you just shouldn't stop. Like, don't stop. Like, don't let anything stop you. I know like right now, you know, if, if you're listening to this and, you know, you're in an area that COVID has impacted your life and your business and um, it can be very challenging and very difficult. And throughout business, I think this is something that we don't talk about enough is that really hard things happen. And if you're an entrepreneur, then you are your business. And when you get stuck in this shit, like (laughs) it can be really hard to get out. And I can remember something that was really hard for me, you know, during my, when I have my studio and I had like a very difficult um, personality, a client, um, and it got really extreme (laughs) and a lot of boundaries got pushed and a lot of things, you know, were done that were, I I honestly took them personally and it was very um, consuming and it was very, very hard. And I, at some points just thought like, is this even worth it? (laughs) You know, like, it took so much out of me to deal with this situation and with this person. And, and I know like looking back, I'm glad that I didn't stop because sometimes these situations can really make you second guess. Like, is it me? Am I not good enough? Am I doing the wrong thing? What should I have done better? Like you just don't know. And you start to second guess yourself. And I just want to encourage you that like, you can't always please everybody and that you can only do the best with what you currently have with the current knowledge, the current, you know, level of awareness, the current could be tangible things and material things. Um, Just do your best and don't stop believing in yourself and don't stop taking action. Just keep putting one foot in front of the next. If you need to rest, rest. If you need to take a break, take a break. If you need to set boundaries, set boundaries. (laughs) But don't stop because for like looking to what if I had have went to school for art, which I don't regret it, but looking back on it now, I failed at that because I didn't even try. (laughs) And in many ways that kind of impacted my self-esteem and my and my self-confidence. And so then it took me longer to get over that. So just keep going. Just keep going. If you, It's good to get a mentor or somebody that you can, a friend or accountability partner or something that can just encourage you to keep moving forward on those days where you just don't feel like getting out of bed. So keep going. Don't stop. You can't fail unless you quit. Okay? That's my first takeaway. The second one, and I'm going to relate it back to that same scenario with that bride. And I'm not going to name names. And I don't think anybody's a bad person, but sometimes you're just not aligned with the with certain people. And I was coming at my bookings with a, a bit of a sense of um, like a neediness or a sense of like a bit of a lack because I was scared when I opened my business to some degree that I couldn't, you know, pay my bills or whatever. I couldn't pay my rent or I wouldn't be able to pay my staff. So I was just saying yes to everything, saying yes to everything and everybody, even if I kind of had red flags that 
this person probably isn't good for me and we probably, you know, I felt like it would be a bigger victory to make this person happy, but I could not do it. And it impacted me in so many ways. And the problem looking is that I spent so much time like thinking about this person and thinking about, you know, being hurt by this situation. And I spent so much of my mental energy on it and it had that served me no purpose. I could have been using that mental energy towards something more productive, right? So watch what you're spending your time thinking about because you just the way we only have so many hours in a day, we only have so much mental energy in a day. And if you give it all to something that's not serving you or that's negative, then this is not working in your favor. It's okay to deal with the situation, um, you know, address it, try to take some learning from it, you know, implement new policies or procedures or set new boundaries if you need to, take a break so you're not emotionally attached to it, try to look at it from a bird's eye view and then move on. <laughs> this lingered for way too long and this was a learning experience for me. So now when I see these types of situations happening, first I see the red flags. And then I am like, okay, I see where this is going. I have to set this boundary. And if this boundary gets crossed, then I know I have to move in a different direction. So let's prevent it from happening if possible. If it's out of control and it's out of your control, I should say, and it's happening anyways, how can I learn from this or how can I pivot and do something differently? And if it's ha already happened, let's not like spend too much time giving it brain power and energy. And thirdly, I just want you to know that you're worth it and that you can do it, and that you're not going to know unless you try. Whatever it is that you feel pulled to do, whatever it is that lights you up, whatever it is that excites you, and time kind of collapses, and it just feels good and fills you up, is what you should do. And I'm not saying there isn't going to be things that you, there's going to be things you have to do that you don't want to do. But if you look at the big picture and the goal that you have or the checkpoint that you're trying to reach, then just work towards it and know that you can do it. And if you can't do it, you can probably hire somebody that can do it. So don't worry. And that you're worth it. You're worth it. You are worth it. Your dreams are worth it. Your goals are worth it. Just trust that it will come together the way it's supposed to come together and just do it. You're worth it. <laughs> that is all for today. I hope um, that you guys gained something from that. I am really happy that you're here with me on this journey. And um, yeah, that is all. And, I, and I'm really excited to get out these new episodes for you guys. And I just know that... This is going to um, be a game changer for me and also for anybody who's listening, who's on this journey. Thank you so much for listening. And the quote that I live by, and these quotes change and that's okay, but right now my current jam is she believed she could, so she did. So I'm going to leave you with that. 
Hey girl, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share a positive five-star review. And as a thank you for your love and energy, my team will send you a free copy of my social media content and goal planner. Please screenshot it and email it to info at priceless-beauty.com so we can get that to you right away. Until next time, let's stay connected on IG. Come say hello at Priceless Beautygram. And don't forget, you are worthy and capable of achieving anything your heart desires.